You have decided to embark on a journey to the deepest reaches of space. You are joining Southern Tomfoolery as they begin the Against the Aeon Throne Starfinder Adventure Path for the Starfinder Gaming System. Southern Tomfoolery is a group of friends that bond over all things nerd and have decided to share our thoughts, though unasked, with the world. We began as four guys talking about our favorite show, Game of Thrones, and have since dove into the world of tabletop role-playing and added many more friends to our numbers. We've spent the last two years playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition and have had a blast. We even recorded some of those games. Hit us up on our website, southerntomfoolery.wordpress.com, if you are interested in those. Uh, You can also find our Game of Thrones recap podcast there as well. However, this is our first show that we are recording from the start with the intent of sharing with you, you brave listener. This game will be using the new Starfinder gaming system by Paizo Publishing. It is a game where the players sit around the table and tell a story together that takes place in a space fantasy future setting. This There is a game master that uses the rules to help guide the game and give the action stakes and drama, but it is the players themselves who play characters of their own, creating as they journey through the narrative together. The players tell the GM what they want their characters to do, and then the GM tells them to roll dice to determine the success or failure of their actions. We will be playing through the official adventure path against the Aeon Throne, which provides the GM, myself, with the backbone of the narrative to take our players through. However, I will be adding my own story in while also adapting the tale in response to the player's actions. There will be lots of rules discussions as we learn the game, but don't fret. The focus is on the story. If you will give me just a few more moments of your time, I would like to thank a few people for their inspiration and help getting us ready to launch this thing. First, thank you to all of the friends in and of STF. Help us grow this into something bigger than a bunch of nerds in a chat room. Second, I would like to thank the Adventure Zone, Critical Role, and the Glass Cannon Podcast. For without these forerunners in the real play podcasting world, this wouldn't even be happening. Finally, I want to give credit to Paiso Publishing for the game system and the AP we are playing, and to Kevin McLeod who wrote most of the incidental music you'll be hearing in this podcast. Without further ado, I present to you the first episode of STF Plays Starfinder Against the Aeon Throne. Welcome to episode one of Southern Southern Tomfoolery Plays Starfinder. We cannot be more excited to begin this journey, but before we start, let's take a second to introduce our players, shall we? My name is Adam Kelly, and I will be GMing this adventure path, but that is already too much about me. So let's take it to the crew. Uh, without revealing your characters just yet, let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. So first off, I would like to introduce you with great joy, our resident anti-dex champion heath parker welcome (laughs) to the table and tell us what is your favorite type of space pasta uh pasta space pasta i mean beefy pasta man like beefy pasta i'm a beefy boy and why do you hate why do you hate dexterity so much because it's all right second i'd like to give you the great pleasure (laughs) of meeting emily summerlin the only one of us that really has the balls to be here Emily, why in the world did you agree to do this? Well, um, 
Josh actually has some really harsh, incriminating evidence on me, and he was actually um, blackmailing me into uh, joining this. So that's what happened. So you're safe, you're safe for right now. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You're safe for now. Okay, thank God. Uh, moving around the horn, we land on the least indecisive and our most clear-cut decision maker of the group, John Thomas. Tell me, John. <laughs> in one, in one word, jokes. John, one word. What is Starfinder? <laughs> that was the word. That was the one word. Uh, <laughs> it up Chaos, it like yes. <laughs> Next up, we we have Josh Richards. Our well, let's be real. My resident table punching bag. So, Josh. <laughs> Are you just a masochist, or do you enjoy having me put your characters through the ringer? I mean, yeah, I kind of enjoy well, that. Would, that would be the same thing, though, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Or are you just a sadist? <laughs> I Probably a little. <laughs> column A, column B. Well, column well, hey, column B. That's, that's why Adam and I get along so well. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, we have our safe words, and it's all consensual. <laughs> yeah, um, they're going to be kind of difficult in this game, though. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Finally, we have uh, Zach Evans, though I'm not really sure how he got here. I think uh, we just found him on the street. Yeah, and if he wanted to I play. Just, I just walked in. You know, uh, he, he, said, he, away. He, he said sure, and now he's here. So Z, yeah. are you ready to play? Starfinder or bus? Absolutely. Absolutely. Some shoots and ladders. Yeah. You, okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I, that's why uh, we're here, right? Yeah. Shoots yeah. Play Monopoly, dude. Yeah. I had my heart set on that shoe. <laughs> All right. Okay. Can we do one game of each, and we'll just call it there. Yeah, we'll do shoots and ladders after this adventure path. Okay. I'm sorry. I was told there was going to be Eno. <laughs> if there's no backgammon, I'm out. Well, all right. Well, that was not informative or necessary at all. So let's just say we get into what we came for here and we play some Starfinder. Shoots and ladders. Skyfinder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, yeah. All right. Hey, I'm down. Adam, Adam, be gentle. <laughs> um, safe word. <laughs> the safe word is safe word. Yeah. safe word. Yeah, we're not very creative. <laughs> well, it's simple to the point. Takes you out of the moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. yeah it immediately takes you out. Yeah, um, too much immersion. Right. So, but let let's go into a different moment, shall we? Okay. Ooh. Okay. Um. So the location right is the grand blackness of space at the edges of the viscarium star space system cutting into the endless black we see a small but sturdy starship bearing the insignia of the starfinders on its hull we take a look into the vessel as we see that it is a two-man crew a rugged but handsome pilot and a dated ambassador droid in the engineer seat the pilot is played by Nathan Fillion. It's a little cameo situation we got here. The weapon system are strictly defensive, which is congruent with the signal beacon that is emitting from the starship's transponder. This is the SF Stella Pax stop. Mission, peaceful first contact with unknown species, systems, and governments. Stop. Non-hostile communications requested. Stop. The signal has been emitting for the last two weeks. And outside a few space pirates that they were easily able to outrun, Hank and AD-21 have had no luck with discovering any new civilizations or species. However, the mission is the mission, so Hank pressed on. It was another day, like any other, and Hank was about ready to turn on the autopilot and get some shut-eye when a loud beep startles him out of his daydreaming. Hank turns to AD-21 and says, Oh boy, looks like we found something. Or we're in for another zippity-doo-dah away from pirates. What you got on the scanners, AD? Running scans now, Lieutenant Richards, responds the droid as the lights begin to flash while joined by the orchestra of bleeps and tones from the computers. The droid completes some readings and then turns to Hank. Unidentified ship approaching, Lieutenant Richards. Hank looks out of his cockpit window but cannot see any ship. I don't see it, A.D. 
Where is the radar placing it? A few clicks more on our current heading. I must advise you, though, we are at the edge of the Pact Worlds and Vescarium known space. This is uncharted territory in the vast. Oh, hell, AD, ain't that what we were putting this rust bucket to do? I mean, discover new peoples? And Hank pushed the throttle forward as they crossed the borders into the vast. I still don't see it, eh? And then, just then, a massive dreadnought of a ship decloaks in front of them. Hank's mouth drops agape as he had never seen a ship of such fearsome glory and magnitude. The entire stylized curved hull is painted with a shocking shade of green. The ship looks like it could destroy Absalon Station with a single blast. Yet Hank, in his explorer's wonder, couldn't help but be excited. He pushes the signal emitter override and speaks into the communicator. This is the SF Stella Pax. My name is Lieutenant Hank Richards, and I'm on a peaceful mission of discovery and diplomacy. It is my great pleasure to make contact with you. Over. Meanwhile, AD-21 starts humming and beeping nervously, muting the channel communications. Hank looks over his shoulders at the droid. What is it, AD? Sir, I am not registering any known transponder signals, nor do I recognize any of the technology on this starship. I will continue running against older databases. I am also detecting several smaller signals on the ship. No sooner did the droid communicate this, when Hank looks up at the green dreadnought and sees what must be dozens of smaller fighters and no less than 50 drones detached from many hangar bays of the ship. Just then, the alarm klaxon starts to sound. Sir, we are being targeted for a missile lock. Hank flips on the shields and activates his countermeasures defense systems and then gets back on the horn. Please, we come as ambassadors of the Pact Worlds. We mean no harm. Silence. Sir, the scans have just come back. Something must be wrong. These readings are impossible. What is it, AD? This ship is registering as Eslanti. Hank is stunned. But but how? History and myths and legends say they were all wiped off Galarian 10,000 years ago. And hell, Galarian itself has been missing before the gap. How can this be? This is... This is... And Hank pulls himself out of his shock. AD, start sending the transcript of this back to Absalom Station immediately. And then he turns back to his communicator. I ask again, please, stand down. We mean no harm. And then... Hank tightens his harness and performs a full G-flip and burn, bursting one of his blood vessels in his eye during the process. And as he tries to escape, he learns that these were no space pirates. His ship is consumed by the insect-like drones and starfighters, and the last thing Hank sees through the blood pooling in his eye before being blasted into smithereens is the full might of the Aslanti Star Empire flagship. The SS, the SF Stella Pax is destroyed. The drones then redock on the dreadnought, and the green ship disappears into blackness once again. And across the screen, in green letters, you see the words <laughs> "Against the Aeon Throne." Damn! Damn! Yeah. Ooh, Not good for old Hank. Very Not nice, old Hank. But I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Um, but wait, there's more. Fifty years later, Absalom Station. A small gnome is hurriedly walking through the crowds of the busy entertainment district that serves the private hangars of Absalom Station. He is dressed in courier's garb and is walking with distinct purpose. He is cheerily whistling as he delivers his parcels and letters to the various businesses along the avenue. This is his favorite part of the route, as it's always filled with interesting people, rich smells, and vibrant music. Of course, his favorite stop is the Pools of Paradise, a social club, bathhouse, and hotel that caters to all manner of interest. He approaches the entrance, which is a three-story building composed of smooth white metal. There are columns that flank the double doors of the hotel that match the sandstone accents of the decor. He steps into the lobby that also serves as a coat check and fidgets as he waits his turn to pass through security. Weapons aren't allowed in this pleasure house, which 
It makes the messenger pleased. He's not much for fighting. When he approaches the front desk, he smiles his cheerful grin and asks for Madame Noriko. The beautiful human front desk clerk smiles back and offers to take the letter and deliver it to the madam herself. No, 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 says the gnome. I have been given strict instruction to deliver this personally to Madame Noriko and no one else. I am afraid Madame Noriko is busy, Mr. Winkle. I assure you that I will personally see that she gets this letter. The smile on the gnome's face falters for the first time today and is replaced with grim determination. Though it doesn't really fit his jovial face, he shows the desk clerk the letter that has a very special seal on it. Oh, my, Mr. Winkle, you really do have a big job today, don't you? Say no more. You may go up to her office. I will call her and let you know you are on your way. And with a wink, Mr. Winkle's smile returns and heads up the private elevator to Madame Noriko's office, where he hands you, he says, Hey, Madam. So who do we see, Emily? So you see a... Um, a very, very lovely, very elegantly and somewhat um, mm, temptingly dressed Lashunta um, sitting behind a very nicely carved, like, ebony wood desk. Um, she has a, a very, very cool hat on. She is a wide-brimmed, very fancy lady indeed. And uh, this this little guy's name is Mr. Winkle. Yeah, uh, who's who's your who's your character played by? Who's Madam? Played by? Oh my gosh, she is played by. Help me! I just forgot her. Uh, Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, yeah I can never remember go. her last name. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. she's basically Alicia in human form. She looks so. like exactly Alicia. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know her for so, such classes as what? Mean, mean Girl. Girls. Yeah, mean that's girls. a good one, right? Mean girls. Who could forget? And, and <laughs> Les Miserables. Yeah, There's but a whatever, dude. Chance it is raining. Uh, right. Okay. Um, so yeah, Mr. Winkle walks in very excited. And you you know him. He's your regular post, and uh, you've seen him around. He he always seems to linger a little long here, uh, but it, it is kind of a surprise to see him in your office. Usually, your front desk attendant will handle the post. Um, so, but he steps. He's been letting you did get a call as he was coming up the elevator, letting him know he was coming. Uh, um, hello, Mister Winkle. It's um, very nice to see you. Uh, what exactly brings you up to my office? You normally just leave your um, packages down with uh, Elva. Ooh, this one is really important, though, madam. Oh, I'm sure all of your packages are very important. <laughs> he, like, blushes very, like, <laughs> pink, rosy cheeks. He says, no, look, look at who seals on this. And he shows you, and you see Sedona's signature seal. Oh. Well, this is a, this is indeed a very important package. Thank you very, very much. And she um, takes it from him and um, touches a little beep, boop, boop, and transfers a couple of credits to him for his. You're too kind. Maybe I'll see you later tonight. I should certainly hope so, my dear Wrinkle. Um, um, <laughs> you can see yourself down, yes? Uh, yes. Okay. And he gets in the elevator and kind of marches on his merry way out. Um, so I've given you specifically, Emily, a handout uh, called Sedona's Request. I'd like you to read this letter aloud as your character reads it. Okay. Um, so she, as soon as Winkle kind of like pops back into the elevator, she tears open the letter. Um, it says, um, my dear Ziva, I know it has been Close to a year since I have last visited the pools of paradise, and I must say, I am missing those luxuries more than ever. The Nakondis colony has been doing pretty well, and we have started making interesting discoveries about Nakondis and its resources and wildlife, something that I hope you will see, in fact. You see, I write you because I trust you, and I need your help. We have found something here, something big. 
I cannot disclose it in this letter, as prying eyes may be looking. I do not fully understand its implications yet, but I fear that once I do, I will need to take to the stars once again. I suppose retirement may have to wait. That being said, we will need my starship, which is there at Absalom Station. Abedar Corps is arranging for another supply drop, and I want you and a crew of my choosing to be in the delivery team. I have pulled some strings uh, to arrange this deviation from protocol. As usual, the, as usually, they like to send their own ships and employees on these types of missions. I may have spent my last favor, so please help me make this happen. My ship, the Epoch Tracer, is coming is currently maintained at a hangar a few miles from the Pools of Paradise. There is a pilot named Oron Vance, there along with one of my favorite mechanics. Felanu? Merana? They are strange men, but uh, can be trusted and are loyal to me. Tell them my name and show them this letter if you must, but I do not think you will have much trouble convincing them. They must be restless after a year of watching a ship not move. You will also need some muscle, and the aid of a scientist. Michael Agamasan, <laughs> Burley Besk, and his business partner, Zeno5, run a mercenary airfix specializing in protection and, escorts, protection and escorts for accused criminals or witnesses. The name of their company is Apollo Protection Agency, and they have a small office on the east side of Epsilon Station. Please take them out and again use my name. I need this crew and only this crew to come to the colony at Nekondis under the guise of delivering supplies, but bring weapons just in case. I do not foresee any need for them. However, if I am right about this find, there will likely be others looking for it. I have included the coordinates and there is a drift beacon near the planet that should make for an easy trip. I cannot wait to see that beautiful face again. And I wish you could bring some of those exotic pleasures that I enjoy so much with you. But alas, this is a business call. See you soon. Yours in true, Sedona. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so it's up to you. Um, the, the ship, the supplies for the ship will be ready in a month, right? So, but it's up to you to decide which, where you want to go first, who you want to check in with, who you want to, you know, how you want to go proceed. You know, obviously you don't have to like drop everything you're doing right now, but let's just cut to the importance bits and you tell me which, which, which people do you seek out first? Probably the guys, the pilot, since they're already there and they're going to be the most familiar with Sedona, I I assume, since they're with her ship. Um, And then it'll be a little um, extra backup when she goes to collect the other two. Okay. Um, so the hangar is, is not far. Um, as you know, your establishment is purposely located kind of at some of the docks, you know, so you can catch all the travelers that come through there. Right. Um, so it doesn't, you know, you, you get that you can find that fairly easily. And, you walk in and you see a Verthani and a human. Um, t- tell me, boys, what is what does this hangar look like, and what do your characters look like? Which you see, so you, you know, there's like kind of a knock at the little side door that goes into the garage. You know, um, so, I don't know what is what does the hangar look like. You're the mechanic. Who, yes. who would answer the door? I, I well, not we'll play, me. We'll play that out. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, the, the way that I see it is that uh, Felino would be sitting under, like, working on the Epic Tracer and be, like, elbows deep inside of something, um, you know, working on some line or some wire or something, you know, doing, doing just his general maintenance that he does. And he'd hear the knock and be like, hey, Oren, can you get that? So Oren will be sitting back like reclined with his feet propped up on the desk, reading some old book, right? And he'll just look over from from out of the book and be like, uh, Phil, you, you're going to get that, right? 
Uh, Oren, Oren, I'm look. I'm covered here. Okay, look, man. My, I'm, I, I'm, I am. I am in in right now. <laughs> You know what? It's always this with you. Every damn time, somebody knocks on the door. Nobody ever knocks on the door, but somebody knocks on it, and you just, just, hey, fell, fell, fell. Can you get it? I'm like, no, you get it. This what, shit Oren? is fine, man. No, <laughs> it hasn't flown it's, in a year. Exactly, exactly. They sit still. They get brittle. They crack. They got lines and gaskets and shit that fall apart. Oh, my God. Okay, fine. I'll get it. And I just, like, slam the book down and, like... Hearing you slam the book down, Phil's like, thanks, buddy. And I I just sort of, like, open the door with, like, a just, like, a sour look on my face. Yeah, can I help you? Oh, um... Uh, greetings. Um, oh, hello. Yeah, like, you, you were like kind of blown uh, away. By um, uh, 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 and I like look around like, like, oh, this place is a mess. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I didn't know we were having women folk over. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it, on that note, the the like interior of the hangar, it's it's organized, but it's not clean. Like, there's <laughs> the tools and stuff are laid out meticulously. All of the mechanics, like the the stuff that Fell works with, is like very very precisely set up lined up you know shadow box cutout type things in mm-hmm. the toolboxes and shit but as far as actual like general cleanliness yeah not so much safety not so much <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I open the door wide for her to uh, c- come on in uh, don't don't mind the mess so uh-huh. Zach, uh as she sees you what what does she see what's what's a brief description of your character. Um, brief, brief description: uh, human male, uh, early forties. You know what I'm saying? Dark, dark, like brown hair with like a little bit of gray coming out in the sides. Uh, dressed in like leathers and and what appear to be some kind of religious robes, but are more sort of tailored for everyday use right like like you know with a complement of um you know just like standard uh like leather um streetwear i guess and, you did, could say. and, and who did we get cast for for I, th- Arnon? I think i want to go for i think i want to go with hugh jackman hugh oh. jackman that's a good hugh jackman that's a good, good get. Get. i mean yeah i, well, I think we had a budget for it man he was looking mm-hmm. for a new, like, long-term series to yeah, do well, because yeah. not. Yeah, well, he's yeah, he's done with Wolverine, so yeah. I think this is a good transition. You know, I, think so. I, I hope he likes sci-fi. Yeah, I think I, it works for him. Yeah, yeah I'm sure he does. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, great. So you open, you let her in, and I would imagine at this point you're kind of rolling out from wherever you are under the ship, however that looks in space time, <laughs> um, in future times, but. Uh, what it, what does she see when you kind of come out from the ship? So he's, she sees a very tall, slender humanoid. Uh, he's about seven foot two, um, weighs maybe 180 pounds. And he is, uh, is, is currently like elbows, arms completely covered in black grease. So like a just, slender man. I, not <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah, we got, got cash. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, I got uh, Bill Skarsgård as the. Uh, yeah, he's up and coming in all the creepy roles, man. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but no, he has these these very weird, like mouse-like kind of dome-shaped black, like solid black eyes. So you can't really see what he's looking at. Um, his hair shaved on the side, kind of a punk rock type haircut that uh, you know could put up into a, like a, a wicked faux hawk or some, uh, something like that. Um, but it's currently like slicked back, you know, kind of back to the side a little bit. And yeah, so that's, that's what, what she your, sees. A, what about your skin? Well, th- all, all oh, she can oh, see is my yeah, the hands you. are covered in grease. Face has splotches of grease, but, but through that, she sees these, these kind of weird patterns on his skin, on his face um, that, that are, are like really intricate, really ornate, almost like a, like a henna tattoo type thing. Um, under the splotches of grease on his face. Would I know what race he is? I think so. Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. I mean, so he, he's a Verthani from Verses, <clears throat> which is a planet of the Pact Worlds. Um, and it's a, I mean, it's a, 
a lot of lot of technology comes out of Verses. So like it's it's a known planet. And you, I think, being who you are, would certainly have had Verth- Verthani coming through there through your study. You you recognize him certainly okay. as a Verthani. You know. Okay. You might have even he might have even come to your club. You don't know. You see so many people come and pass, but this isn't like a shock to you necessarily. Okay. Um, okay. Um, greetings, gentlemen. Um, I'm so sorry to barge in and bother you. Uh, but actually, I'm, I am here on business. Um, oh, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I'm Nariko Zivarajni. You may be familiar with my establishment. I um, run the Pools of Paradise. Oh, wait, really? Man, uh, I, yes. I go there all the time. I love that place. I'm uh, so glad to, always so glad to meet Hold you. On. I thought I recognized you. Like, I swear I've seen you there before. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, yes, I am there very often. Um, yes, um, I'm, I'm sorry. I am a little distracted. And she kind of pulls out the letter and she looks at both of you and she says, um, Is that, are you Aron? Aron? Uh, yeah, how do you know? Um, and then I suppose that would make you Marana, Mr. Marana. Uh, yeah, you can call me Phil. Phil, lovely, lovely. And you, please, uh, feel free to call me Ziva. Um, I was actually, um, received a letter from, and she just kind of looks at you both like, "Mm," and she looks past you at the ship and she's like, okay, yeah. Uh, Sedona, are you? Why didn't she reach out to us? Like, we... We've been sitting here for a year. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, um, yes, you mentioned that. um, Hold hold on, can I see that letter? uh, Yes. He he snatches it and, like, inadvertently is smudging smudging grease all over it. (laughs) Reads over it. He's like, "Oh, all right, yeah, yeah, no, that that sounds like her. Yeah, okay, I believe you." And and like and it's like, oh, you know, man, I'm uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What does Sedona need for from us now after all this time? Um, well, if you do look at the letter, you will see that it is, um, it seems she has found something. I'm not quite sure why she, uh, reached out to me specifically and not to you gentlemen. Uh, I imagine that maybe she feels that she is being watched or that maybe even you are being watched. Um, it seems what would anybody that they... want with me? What was that? What would anybody want with me? I'm just a mechanic. Oh, and she just kind of gives you an up down. She's like, I'm sure I can think of many reasons. I want you and just kind of winks. The, and, the patterns on his face kind of like swirl into a red. Hell. I catch it. I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to draw attention to it, but I am in a grin out of the side of my face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would be familiar with his like emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Life. Yeah. yeah. I'm going like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but, but no, I, uh, it seems that they have found something uh, in the uh, the Nekondus where she is in the colony, um, and she is requesting a bit of assistance. Uh, please feel free to read through the letter; it may explain more so than I can do so. Um, but uh, she, has, she specifically requested you, and of course her ship, which is quite lovely. You have done a marvelous job keeping it in um, top shape, I imagine. Yeah, he, uh, yes, he's done a with marvelous pride. job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she does have the best mechanic working on it. Uh, undoubtedly, yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I assume he's a good pilot. Um, hopefully it won't crash, you know. No promises. <laughs> there we go. That's the spirit. <laughs> It's just kind of like it's a little bit nervous. <laughs> and so then, you know, we'll cut there and like they make all the arrangements to meet at, back at the hangar in a month. Unless you guys wanted to go with her to get uh but you know No, I would imagine yeah. that's that's her business. Like okay, she arranged for the ship. Yeah. It's nice to meet you, Miss Eva. We'll yeah, be it, was waiting, a, you know. it was a pleasure. I can't wait to see you again. Of course, and I do hope uh, uh, that you won't be strangers uh, around the um, the club. We would love to have you both at the pools anytime in between uh, now and our future. 
uh, engagement. Yes? Well, who knows? Might see you there tonight. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a religious man, but thank you. Oh, we can... Well, never mind. I won't. I won't be crashed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so then you know, and you now find yourself in front of a small office uh, with like three, like you know, like kind of stylized logo. It says APA on on the door going in. Um, tell me, or you guys? I guess you not. Or no, it's like open. No, like no, you can go in, you know, like the, the door is open. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right. You could go in. This is like a place but, of business you could go but, walk into. But on the door, you would see it says uh, spelled out: Apollo Protection Agency, CEO Michael Rupert Agamason, CFO Zeno Five. Uh, but I have a, I have a description for you of what you see before you hail us as a twerp. Um. <laughs> Directly forward from the doorway is a chunky wooden desk housing a rundown computer, scattered papers, and an ashtray with a half-smoked cigar. At the desk sits a large vest man, green and scaly, browsing his computer and chuckling to himself. Behind the desk is a framed picture of a referee holding up the gloved hand of a younger image of that same vest, smiling in victory. On either side of the framed picture is a set of boxing gloves, one an actual set, old and worn, the other a gilded set of gloves, a sort of golden glove award. On the walls to the left and right of the doorway sit a few chairs for clients to sit in, a sort of impromptu waiting room within the office. Against the far left wall is a set of two cubicles, the nearest of which is impeccably neat housing a much more advanced computer and a strange shifting object complete with hydraulic hoses and interlocking chambers, apparently some sort of puzzle cube. Sitting in the cubicle is an android, also browsing his computer with a furrowed brow, clacking away at a portable data pad. To the left of this cubicle is a square table from which emanates an amber hologram of a drift engine dismantling and reassembling itself while slowly spinning clockwise. The connecting cubicle, even more spartan in its decoration, houses nothing other than a nondescript computer and a picture of a grinning Lashunta child. On the wall above the cubicle hangs a five-foot-wide by one-foot-tall portrait of one of the most impressive technological districts of Avalon, artfully rendered. Hmm. And so you guys, as you're at your desk, you know, the little bell rings, ding, 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 and somebody walks in, you know, and you see this beautiful... Lashinta woman in this very like Victorian kind of outfit and big, big brimmed hat kind of saunter into your office. Oh, right. Uh, right. A customer. How, how are you, miss? <laughs> uh, yes. Hello. Um, I am actually looking for a, a pardon my assumptions, but uh, might you be uh, Mr. Michael? That, that, that's right. I'm Titanium Mike. Titanium. Oh, that is so uh, very unique. I, I I do not know anyone else. Um, roll roll a culture check. Me? Yeah. Okay, I can do that. I can do that because I know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I am gonna click that. First roll, everybody. Yay. 24, 24. Um, yeah, you kind of piece some things together and you, you, I think it's your business to know athletes, famous pilots, you know, like anybody that might come through Absalom station and you, you recognize him as a former boxing champ and you don't really know like how often his career just kind of stopped and you don't really almost champ. Almost champ, right. Well, she's going to kind of, everything's processed, processing through, and she just kind of looks behind the desk and sees all of the boxing paraphernalia, and she's going to look back and says, wait, are you are you that Dantania, Mike? And she points uh, at the gloves. I, and says, I don't think there's another one with my <laughs> pedigree. Oh, this is so exciting. Oh, Sedona did not mention that you were this uh, particular. At, at, at the mention of Sedona, he like kind of he stands up and he's like, "You said Sedona." I, yes, I'm sort of thinking that's actually uh, the reason I am here. Uh, I 
But recently we received a letter from Sedona asking me, uh, excuse me, I'm so sorry, uh, please, I am Nariko Zivarajni, uh, please call me Ziva, you uh, may be familiar with the Pools of Paradise, that is um, my establishment. Uh, oh yes, uh, I've been there a time or two, but you know, oh, lovely. I'm, always... I'm, 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 I'm an older man now, you know. <laughs> we uh, We cater to all ages. At the pool. Sure, sure. It's like that. Uh, that's uh, off-putting. <laughs> um, you no, see well, the around. Yeah. Well, no. Please, please uh, um, have a have a seat. You know, and he like he comes around the desk and like grabs one of the little chairs by the wall and sets it like up in front of his desk so he can have a more formal thing. It's, uh, but by the way, this this is my uh, colleague. And my uh, CFO, he does all the, the number crunching and the, the business side of things. Uh, Zeno, introduce yourself. And Zeno is just still furiously plugging away at this data pad, but he just kind of looks up and just kind of like, hello. Yeah. And, uh, he's a bit shy. <laughs> is this, uh, this is Zeno 5, yes? Yeah, it's the fifth one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of bummed me out. <laughs> I he, he just kind of rolls his eyes because he's just, heard that just joke. yeah, just just a bit of a joke. He's the first Zeno I've had. Well, lovely. Um, actually, uh, he has mentioned in the letter from Sedona as well. Uh, so please, up, just kind of gets up and kind of walks over there. And uh, just how am I? How am I mentioned in in this letter? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, here, please feel free to look over it. Uh, I am not the one. It just kind of stands uncomfortably close, you know. <laughs> a little bit. She doesn't really doesn't really affect her. Like she's kind of used to it. Like, yeah, just kind of like reading it over her shoulder, you know, <laughs> to himself. But you know, without like without letting her just like go ahead and just tell everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Um, at, uh, yes, I've already uh, made uh, acquaintance with uh, two other gentlemen, the um, uh, the Oran, Mr. Vance, and then the um, the uh, Marana. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ethel. Uh, yes, this is what he told me to call him. Uh, yes. Um, All right. I ain't never met him, but sound like good blokes. They seem quite quite the gentlemen. Um, but uh, yes, I, I'm sorry. I don't know, know much more. About the situation, other than what is listed in the letter, but uh, I, I will do all that I can to assist Sedona in any way, and I, uh, I am hopeful that you two will also be as inclined. Well, Zeno, what was it? Uh, yeah, what's the damn letter say? <laughs> well, if I if if I may, and I just before even like being accepted, I just go ahead and just kind of grab it out of your hands, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, please, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it just continues. My dear Ziva, I know it has come, has, has been close to a year since, and he just continues to read the whole Okay, thing. don't, don't yeah. look. Just, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I am so sorry. The gist of it is that um, she has requested your assistance to come to uh, the Nakondis colony, where she is currently located, um, under the guise of a um, supply... Uh, drop. Uh, she has her ship, the Epoch Tracer, uh, which is in the uh, custody of uh, the Mr. Oran and Fell, and uh, we are to go there and assist her. She has found something that she fears that uh, other people will be interested in in um, a more intense nature than she would like, and as such, she has uh, reached out for you in particular based on your skill sets and she looks around at like all the kind of protectiony kind of stuff and mercenary-esque kind of vibe yes yeah. um well i don't think there's uh any way i could deny sedona anything um she, she does have that effect yeah well but i will say this is going to kind of put us out as far as the running of me business here um, but I think I've got the right person for the job that can uh, look over it while we're gone. So uh, I think that'll be fine. So Zeno, what, what do you think about it? Well, as far uh, as if uh, Sedona has vet- vetted these uh, 
these this pilot as well as uh, this engineer, then I would suppose that it would be uh, fine that we can we can continue with this if this is uh, what we're tasked to do. Then absolutely. All right. Well, uh, I mean, do we need to do come? You think she's ready? And I'm I'm referencing the person who's taking who t- who's taking over. Whenever we leave. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, Tifon. Yeah, I mean, she's she's been a field agent for quite a while. I think. What, I'm sorry. I think she'll... What did you say, Tifon? Tifon, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Tifon Yi. Tifon Yi. Yeah, t- yeah, that's all right. <laughs> on, on the next thing, that's, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like a starfighter, <laughs> Tiffany. You know. Uh, <laughs> it's a sci-fi, Tiffany. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tiffany is like way too like earth bound no. for like starfighter. <laughs> yeah, well, and and uh, <laughs> he says, yeah, I, I think she'll she'll do fine. I mean, I don't. Hopefully, we'll be able to pop in when we need to check on her and all that. But she's quite accomplished and she's good with talking to folks uh, better than I am. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll give her a ring, uh, in the meantime. I mean, do we need to come with you or, or do we just show up at a certain time or? No, the, um, the delivery will not be prepared for another month. I just wanted to go ahead and, um, put it on your schedule as it were. Oh, bloody perfect. That's, that's all right. That gives us time to sort it out and, uh, dump all this on Tiffon. <laughs> And he just kind of gives like a, a quick last cursory look over the letter, folds it neatly. Yeah. I believe this is yours. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, and uh, I do have my own means, but uh, the letter does mention that we perhaps bring weapons. Can you supply such things? Uh, I'll tell you right now, Miss uh, Veskin General and Titanium Mike. Are never unarmed. <laughs> Shout out to our boys. You see the very most subtlest of just like smirks. Yeah. Won't even be able to tell, but but he's able to tell. Yeah, and he just like puts his hands on his uh on his hips, you know, and like l- nudges his head over at the the picture of him <laughs> winning a boxing match. You know? <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, how could I forget? Yes, Vesks. Um. Um. Yes. Well, uh, in that case, it seems that we are of an accord. Uh, should you have any other questions or we need to iron out any more details or if you just want to chat, please uh, feel free to come by the pools anytime uh, between now and our appointment. Uh, oh, oh, sure, yeah. Have you gotten any new vest girls in? Actually, yes. We have a very, very interesting. Uh, she is uh, a bit young, but um, she's uh, quite experienced. Yes, her name is Vignana. So Vignana, she, all right. Come by. Exotic. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's way better than <laughs> Tifon. It's Tifon Yi. Thank you. <laughs> All right, God. so let's cut to that scene where Mike and uh, has sex with another vest. You ready? Yeah, no, no, we're not. No, no, no. Did you roll a performance roll? <laughs> <laughs> Knowledge G spot, please. Yeah, 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 there we go. Or would um, that be V spot? You don't really know how their anatomy works exactly. It's different, though. It's yeah, all right. All right, roll for mysticism. <laughs> reptilian. <laughs> so just look at them and then, like, have eggs later. Yeah, that's uh, right. how that works. Yeah, it's just a, a piercing glare. <laughs> um, nice. uh, no, so uh, we, we kind of got real heavy in that RP there. We didn't get to talk about who is what's Zeno look like and what's he cast as. That's uh, well, right. We haven't asked about you either. Who are you? I cast know, as? but I'm. Well, I'm he asked crazy. you first. Right? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Okay, so Zeno is uh, actually short for Xenophanes Five, but he is actually a he's an android with a uh, smoky gray, almost kind of slate skin. Um, has orange tracings or amber. Um, a little bit of a, a darkish brown hair, short, not cropped, um, and kind of a, a, uh, almost a whitish blue eyes. How big are you, boy? Uh, I'm about, um, six foot 
And who are you cast as? I am cast as Jay Hernandez. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I know who that is. Yeah. Who is it, Zach? I, I, don't, Zach I, don't, I literally don't know what he's from, but I know. He's, he's, he's Miller's sidekick in the first season of The Expanse. That's correct. He's the yep. rookie cop in The Expanse. Okay. Who gets um, like nailed to a fucking spoilers? Ball. spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, can we <laughs> have We're playing Starfinder. That's I'm making the assumption point. you've all done yeah. your research. Look, no, 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 no. You carried that over here. What's to say that I don't get the same response for that? You know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And what about you, Mike? All right. Mike is a big old beefy vest man. He's uh, six foot eight, 315 this is a pounds. Party. Like, this is. Yeah. <laughs> Big boy. <laughs> yeah, well, he's Big six boy. foot eight, three hundred and fifteen pounds, unarmored. Um, <laughs> he's he's you know green skin, uh, green scales, as you would imagine of a vest, bunch of horns jutting out all over his head and face. Um, he's got you know th- some peeking out, maybe some tattoos and stuff under his uh his his business clothes, uh, and he is cast by current three title holding heavyweight champion boxer Anthony Joshua. Who underwent eight months of acting classes to play this role? Uh, On on top of like eight hours a day of like you know putting on yeah mocap and 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 all this crazy vest makeup and stuff. Man, he's Uh, busy. He was dedicated to the role though. Like he was dedicated part of it. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm going to give you guys a little visuals of all these. So this is Fell. Oh my. Okay. Oh, regular Stephen Buscemi. There's Mike. Mike. Titanium Mike. There's Aron. Oh, so edgy. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Oh, Oh, my. Oh, my. With your fancy hat. You aren't kidding about the hat. (laughs) So fancy. Zeno. Nice. Okay. Zeno is uh, an android? Yes. 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 All right. So we have a Verthani, a Vesk, a human, a Lushinta, and an android. What's Every time you say Verthani, I think you're mispronouncing Vistani. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll get into classes in a bit. I don't want to get too far into that yet. So a month later, everybody arrives at the hangar, you know, with their gear and their duffel bags or their suitcases or whatever your your style is. <laughs> I um I just yeah. need to make note that like Ziva has come with like a hovering wardrobe. This correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I will need my own living quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, to, to to that point, fucking Mike shows up in. I mean, he's three hundred fifteen pounds. He's wearing the biggest fucking chunky armor you've ever seen with a giant battle glove. He's got to be like pushing five hundred pounds now. Good <laughs> lord, um, he's a beefy boy. So you guys kind of come up and you see that you know that Abadar Court is loading it up with a bunch of like rations and like uh, you know pieces of tech that a colony would need. It's all sorts of supplies and resources. Uh, kind of restocking mission and they're all kind of in their in their stiff you know regalia what you know of worshiping the business i mean if i don't know which how much y'all know about abadar court but they are a corporation that worships the god of like commerce you know and of god of gold or whatever and it's been incorporated into the corporation so it's really, I think, all of our worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. However, I mean, they are not necessarily evil. Like they do their thing, and they, they don't—they don't necessarily like make waves for people. But they're a corporation. They're, they're also a religion. So. They're, they're in fact one of the biggest corporations in all of the system. Right, they're a big deal. Um, so, but they are supplying and funding the colony at the Condus. Um, but Sedona, being who she is, as she said, was able to pull some strings and make this kind of her own crew. Uh, and you see all the Abadar Corp um, employees or whatever loaders kind of looking at you like, they took our dogs, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they took this dog. <laughs> I wasn't ready. 
and you guys all load up onto this really, I mean, pretty nice ship. Um, you you did note that it is in good condition. That uh, Fell and Aaron have been keeping good care of it. Mostly Fell. Mostly Fell. <laughs> um, and you get all loaded up, and the ship, like once I, everything gets loaded in, and the hatch comes up, you know, and like you kind of sink down the way that the hangar is built over a tube system, right? So like this platform roll, like lowers down from the hangar. And then it like, it, it's on a track that moves you out like under the city out into space. And like once it detaches, you know, all the pistons and the clamps, you know, all, and Aaron, you are like jazz because you haven't got to fly. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I am a, uh filled with with just like nervous energy ready like you know Orin is nonplussed about most things but piloting is not one of them right it's that's your jam um and so you get in the pilot's chair and then uh fell you kind of slide into the engineer position just i don't know what is what is fell's mindset as you were flying Fell's mindset is Orin had better not fuck up all of his hard work. <laughs> so you're just and, like and looking at all your stuff, you know. Again. Yeah. Just seeing him look around, I just I I, I turned to Phil and I'm like, relax, buddy. It's it's gonna be fine. We've got- look, you you say it's gonna be fine, but look, I've been working on this thing for a fucking year now. Like it's there's something I had to have missed something. No, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, well, you got a little bit more faith than me than me, bud. So yeah, I, yeah, I'll take your word for it. Um, and then, you know, Mike and Zeno come up to the bridge, um, and you guys are kind of meeting the rest of the crew at this point, because, like, they were in their rooms until it was time to go, and you guys kind of come up to the bridge, uh, with, I think, you know, Ziva, you're already there, kind of in the captain's chair, and they come in, you know, introduce yourselves, Hey, hey, how you doing there, eh? uh, boyos and milady? Uh, is is everything good on this tub? What's oh. what's this thing? What's this thing called? It's the epic tracer. It, like epic epoch. Tracer. And you yeah. better not even spit in here. Yes, Phil's epoch. gonna have your head. Yeah, oh, just, I'm, I'm gonna take a good look at him and realize who I'm. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you say that without like looking over your shoulder, uh, yeah. like fidgeting with your pilot controls, yeah, and you look yeah, over and, 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 like, and, oh, and, uh, and I'm like, yeah, my head's a bit hard spit. to attach you to, boy. Somewhere, <laughs> don't I know you from somewhere? You're, you're that boxer, right? Yeah, I'm Titanium Mike. How, how are you, good sir? And he's like, and he loves you now that you know he's famous. Kind of. <laughs> uh, but he. But he like comes up to the pilot's chair to like shake your hand and everything. He's like, "Yeah, I'm Titanium Mike. What's your name?" And as you're like walking up, uh, Fell, like he's like kind of vibrating the ship because you're still like on the track. You're not in like free space. It's like <laughs> it's like I imagine you're just like looking around, like <laughs> yeah. making sure no stabilizers, <laughs> making sure everything's fine. Okay, imagine a mouse, like. A, a startled mouse in a, like in a, in a cage, like looking around trying to find something wrong with a bee. A eyes. seven uh, foot startled mouse. Yeah, yeah. Is that what we're supposed to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he doesn't I, have a tail. So I, I like take his big massive reptile hand in my tiny little human hand, and I'm like, glad you're on our side, or in fact. Yeah. All right. Well, it's nice to meet you. You're the pilot of this thing. Yeah, you could say that. All right, you 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 good at doing and flipping bones and all that? Uh, if the need arises. Yeah, I mean, hopefully not, but you know, I just want to know you got the chops. <laughs> Anyways, this is my buddy uh, Zeno here. And I just kind of like come right around, like from behind him, pretty much <laughs> hidden behind. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah, fucking, and, yeah. fucking creepo slide out. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I just kind of like uh, come in, just like permission to board. So. Yeah. Oh man, man, Bell, can I or uh, Zeno? Can I can I take a look at you? Uh, yes, that's kind of a and, strange question. Bell, Bell just like goes up, just like man, what what model are you like this? I, I, 
Look, I've only come in, come in contact with a couple of androids, but but man, like the technology, like this is unreal. Phil, you're coming on a little strong, man. <laughs> I, look, look, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm I'm, I'm beside myself. This is this, this is. Uh, Oh no, it's it's absolutely fine. Um, we can discuss it. Um, but you must be uh, Felon, no, I believe from yeah, yeah, that's me. You can call the me note I, I read. Yeah, you okay. can call me Fel. Okay, and what is your uh, uh, position on this uh, vessel? Well, back back in the hangar, I was uh, I was the mechanic, but now I guess I'm an engineer. So, you yeah, know, he just kind of like looks around a little bit, and he just happens to notice how like tidy you keep your workplace. I yeah. too keep my workplace tidy. <laughs> so, real quick, y'all may not notice, but Ziva is like looking at both of y'all, and she pulls out like a little like digital pad or whatever, and starts like typing furiously as she watches y'all, <laughs> and like that's it. So that's that's happening. Do we notice that? <laughs> you you writing a biography already, love? Oh. <laughs> Uh, something like that. Yes, uh, yes. I, I like to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to record your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Preservation. Uh, this is my captain's log. Captain's log. I also oh, so, so, I do it with it with my brain. I, I suppose I should have. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Uh, I suppose I should have thought of this earlier, but that makes that makes you the captain, right? Oh, you got me. You <laughs> <laughs> broke Adam. Uh, oh. uh, well, I, if you're so inclined, I simply sat down to um, assess the situation. But uh, yes, of course, if you would uh, have me as the captain, I would love to be. Safe. Let's be frank. Are you the captain or not? Because I'm yes. not. Where's the damn gunnery chair? <laughs> she kind of points in the direction of the damn gunnery chair. Yeah, All right. and he, he like just walks past you, claps you on the shoulder. You know, like he's gruff. He's just he doesn't think he's offended anyone ever. Yeah, you know? I, I just kind of I, I'm the one that does the apologies for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Ziva's not yeah. offended, so yeah. she just kind of laughs at it. All right, well I'll go check out the guns. Tell you what, Mike, I'm, I'm gonna come with you. Give you a little bit of a. Her. <laughs> Mike, I'm gonna come with you. Give you a little bit of tour of the ship. Yeah, nice. All right. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, you guys get familiar with the ship. Mm-hmm. It detaches from its clamps. <laughs> Auron kind of flips on the the pre thrusters and gets it out of away from <clears throat> Absalom Station, and then turns those off and <clears throat> kicks on the drift engine. Um, and everything like just pulls in like white around the ship and you just kind of get sucked in and you're just, you know, that, that classic space warp speed thing, but it's just not warp speed. You're in this like other plane and like everything's just kind of, and you're seeing like random shapes, but you can't really make anything out and you're in the drift and you're going to spend about four days in the drift. And um, That's that's a long drift. Trip, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. Because uh, you're so you're going into Condis, which is very far away. You know, you spend four days on the ship. We, we're not going into that just yet. And then the beak, the ship's sensors kind of give you the signal that you're closing in on the drift beacon uh, that Sedona had given you the coordinates for, which helps guide ships through the drift uh, with with a little bit less risk than usual, but there's always risk in the drift. Um, And so Auron goes and to kind of slow down the drift engine. And when they get to the beacon, he cuts the the drift engine and and it's almost like you just kind of like slide out of the drift, like as if it's this invisible tube in space and just kind of slide through the white, milky wall of it and in your back in dark space and immediately your ship sensors go off and you and you on your radar um detect two hostile starships in the area and we're going to take a quick break oh my god oh my god i gotta i gotta pray a minute yes i didn't get that tour 
Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah.